Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan. Hi, I'm Coco. And we are continuing our discussion of Cottage Garden by Uwe Rosenberg. Ah, such an adorable game. We didn't really talk about how it looks. Right. It's so, I mean, almost all of Rosenberg's games have this very pastoral sort of feel to them. Uh, Cottage Garden Mm -hmm. feels cozy. It does. It's everything is is sort of in watercolor. Yeah, and it's so soft. And each of the different flower, I, I like people who know more about flowers than I do. Looking <laughs> at the flower beds, can identify what kind of flowers they are. And some of the flower beds are actually little brunch tables, and some of them are little watering cans. And it's just so cute. Actually, it's more of a gigantic watering can that's larger than the brunch table, which is a little bit odd. But True. Okay. The scale the scale in the game is uh, flexible. I like say. to pretend that this is actually a miniature golf course. And that's why the scale of the objects is a little bit odd. Their decorations. Um, but if it's a decorational brunch table, are you implying that those aren't real slices of blueberry pie? They could be real slices of miniature blueberry pie. Yes. Like the guy on YouTube who makes miniature food with the yeah. miniature tools, that stuff. That's, that's clearly what's going on there. And that they're for the cats. That's right. They're it's obviously for the cats. Blueberry cat pie. Anyway, so it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful game. It really is. So you've got uh, that, that lovely warm green board in the middle. We've mm-hmm. got all these mostly green, but also very brightly colored uh, tetrisy pieces, tetraminos mm-hmm. that, are, uh, that are shaped to fill things in. You've got these warm, rich, dark earth-colored uh, grids, yeah. which are your flower beds that you're going to be filling in with all these things. Each, each with, uh, I think what we didn't talk about because we weren't talking about the scoring, is that each have sort of different arrays of like pots pre-built into them. Or it's like, true. Oh. You don't start with a blank slate like mm-hmm. you do in Patchwork. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Cottage Garden, each of these two little 5x5 five five grids that you start with already has some of it filled in. Some mm-hmm. with these really warm terracotta flower pots, yep. which are big enough to fill in one space. And some with these lovely blue cloches, little mm-hmm. mini greenhouses. Yeah, little garden cloches. And uh, each of those takes up one space. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally you'll get more flower pots to put in and more cloches that are uh, that are part of the tiles and uh, if you're really stuck if there aren't any pieces that can properly fit then you can just take a flower pot Mm -hmm. and fill stuff in that's always an option yeah the equivalent of a pass is to grab a flower pot exactly it takes up your turn but if you're lucky enough to have some kittens well, Which is what I say to myself most days. <laughs> if only I were lucky enough to have some kittens. Then you can use those to fill in little empty spaces mm-hmm. without having to give up your turn. Right. It's I- not a pass. You just add them in and boom, there it is. Done. Yep. Free cats. Anytime. Cats all day. They take up they take up one space on your grid. And it's worth noting that there are several different cat designs. Oh, this yes. Is not, this is not a unicat world. Jonathan. All, not all cats are alike. They're adorable. You've got ginger cats. You've got tuxedo cats. You've got tabbies. You've got calicos. Mm-hmm. They're so great. At any time during your turn, usually at the end, you can use a cat to fill in a spot. Exactly. So you may well you may have you may well have a plot that is almost entirely full and just pop a cat on there and then you can score it. Cats, unsurprisingly though, are difficult to come by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about how you get those in just a moment. But and you can only keep two at a time. Mm-hmm. That's that was a rule that I didn't read the first time, and uh, I was really disappointed when I read it the second time. I was like, right. "Oh well, my crazy cat date lady days are over." <laughs> it's um, unfortunate because I. Mean, I, I, I I get why it's there. It's because it would be too easy to simply fill something in just all at once. Yes. And keeping you limited to two cats sort of challenges you to play the game as a shape-filling-in thing rather than as a waiting until mm-hmm. you have enough cats to yeah. fill your thing And in. has some end-game implications as well, right? It does. We'll get to that later because the end-game of this game is 
it's, interesting. It's, that, 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 that's, that's, that's a word for it, definitely. So, so let's talk about currencies and scoring, though. Okay. Because that much like in patchwork, you need your buttons that your, your pieces have, your quilt bits have buttons on them, and that is part of how you get currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in Cottage Garden, there's no, you don't need to buy pieces. They yeah, don't everything, cost everything, anything. Exactly. It just costs you your turn. But a piece, a piece may have either a cloche or a pot on it, or both, or some combination thereof. Most typically, they, they don't have either. The way yeah. you get your cloches and your flower pots is they're just included on that blank grid of a flower bed that you started with. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you're building things, you can cover those over if you want, but you don't want to. Because right. once you filled it in completely, once that whole five by five grid is filled in you get to score it each of the um flower of each of the flower pots you have in there lets you move along the orange scoring track Mm -hmm. each of the blue cloches that you have in there lets you move along the blue scoring track yeah except that the orange scoring track goes in increments of one and the blue scoring track goes in increments of two so each blue cloche that you have on your thing is worth two points and each orange pot is only worth one and your scoring tracker also has a very very important little red line yes whenever whenever you cross one of your cubes over that little red line you get a cat uh, I think, and the red line is after the six. I think, and this 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 one, the scoring track is quite particular in how it's set up. And there's some really, there are some really subtle ways that that information is made clear on the scoring track, which mm-hmm. I find really interesting. Like next to that little red line, that's the cat line. There are like some mice. So when you cross your scoring over the mice pile, the cats are attracted to the I don't know. And then when you get once you have six. You have six cubes that you use for scoring, three of each color. And if you've moved all of those off of the sort of neutral space and onto the scoring track, then you earn, I think it's an additional pot. There are extra things you earn that way. And also, Mm -hmm. if you move one of your six cubes to the very end of the track, that gets you an additional five points. So deciding, okay, I've just scored my, my, my grid and I have six uh, pot, flower pots on it. Do I move this one up, which gives me the five points, or do I move this other orange cube up, which gives me another cat? Mm-hmm. And you cannot, if you, let's say you earned three points, you must use all of those points on the same cube. Exactly. So maybe you've earned three points and you only need one point to get it from the 15 marker to the 20, then maybe are you going to waste your points there? So there's some... There's some there's some sort of finicky complexity to how the scoring works. But the thing is, this sounds really complicated when you hear somebody saying yeah. it. When you actually see it on the board, the visuals make it clear. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that's amazing about the visual design of this game is that it helps in a lot, not every case, but in most cases, <laughs> to make clear how things work so yeah. that you don't have to be looking things up in the rules constantly. It's not difficult to remember the rules because you can just see, oh, this goes here because that's how it looks. But it's a, I would say it's more of a visual reminder and less of an instructional thing. Like if you just looked at the scoring track, I really don't think that you would read any of those things unless you use it as a reminder because someone's already told you. I I agree. It's not so much uh, instructional as utilitarian. Once once you've been taught how it works, uh, the thing itself makes it easy to remember. Mm -hmm. Like I think the only text on any of the pieces is the numbering mm-hmm. on the scoring track. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't think there are any sort of like place, you know, pots here. It's all colors and which is part of what makes oh, and it's worth noting that your scoring track looks like a little gardening table, so there's like <laughs> there's it's all like wood print and there's little like trowels and gloves on there. And it's just the right shape to fit two of your uh, little fl- of your uh, of your plots in there, your yeah. garden grids. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, language uh, independence is is a really nice thing for a game to have mm. as well, particularly mm-hmm. for a family game like mm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, Except, I think that all of the sort of finicky, and we haven't even talked about the final round, which is complicated. Yes. I think this makes it a little bit hard to teach. It certainly can, and uh, one of the most difficult things uh, that I find is is is, is remembering 
the way that the, the way that the game progresses in terms of time. Right. Now we mentioned the, oh, uh, yeah. the, the 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 die, the way that moves around. Every turn, you have to take the after you've picked a plot and uh, after you've picked a, um, a flower bed and added it to one of your plots, you move the little die one space clockwise around this four by four grid in the middle of the table, mm-hmm. and it's going to be going around, around, around. Every time it comes around to the beginning. Which is marked on the board. Exactly. Uh, then, it, then it moves up by one. So the die starts sitting on a one. Once it goes around the board once, you flip it to a two. And then a three, then a four, then a five. When it reaches six, we are now in the final round of the game. And I think you better explain this part. All right, friends. Here we go. So in the final round of the game, so if you, you have a plot in front of you, if you have added flower beds to it, if you've added three flower beds to it, you can attempt to finish scoring that plot. As a matter of fact, you better attempt to finish scoring that pretty quick. Yes, you, in fact, are stuck with it, and that's a problem. You might think, cool, I have a whole other round to finish scoring my plots. Not cool, because (laughs) every turn, once the dice has hit six, once the die has hit six, excuse me, you bleed two points. Whether that's moving one of your orange pot markers back to, or one of your blue cloche markers back to, you lose two points at the end of each one of your turns in the sixth round. So the idea is to have maximally scored all of your plots by the end of the fifth round and then not get into the sixth round at all if you can avoid it because it's very, very difficult to finish a plot before you've bled out all the points that it would be worth. So it's it's a sort of race to get bang on right at the end of the fifth round and not be stuck moving into the sixth round. So... If you have two blank plots that you haven't put tiles on, you just throw them away, you're fine. If you have made the foolish error of putting three or more tiles on a plot, you're stuck with it and you have to roll with it. And your opponents, who might have been smarter than you, are going to watch you bleed points for the next several turns. Uh, As hilarious as that is under the right circumstance, it can also be a tad unpleasant in the wrong circumstance. And I think I'd like to go into some of the questions of who the audience for this game is and and where and when it's at its best Mm -hmm. when we come back to it on Friday. Thanks, everyone. I hope that you are enjoying putting your cats in the wheelbarrow. 